G'day ladies and gents, welcome to Life of Mine, the go-to mining podcast. Matty Michael here and look, if you like Darren Stralo, you've come to the right place. This is part two. Hope you enjoyed part one. Good chat with the big fella and in this part two we're doing a special dedicated episode regarding his passion for, I guess, nurturing graduates. He, uh, he's heavily involved in WASM, heavily involved in recruiting graduates into Northern Star, and his, his, his passion lies with making sure that next generation's filled with some good, skilled professionals in the mining industry. So, look, sit back and enjoy. If you're an engineer or any tertiary student looking to get into mining, this is a good episode for you. Hope you enjoy it. I got radio check. Yeah, radio is working fine. Yeah, copy all personnel. Yeah, copy, mate. The chair in the vent bag. Yeah, stitcher up there. Thanks, mate. Yeah, right, eh? Copy that. Right, Stralo's agreed for um another another hour of pain. Did you actually enjoy it? Did you enjoy it? What was your expectations for part one, Stralo? Uh, yeah, good question. Uh... <laughs> It's hard because you don't really talk about yourself that much. Yep. And uh, because change happens to you so incrementally, you sort of sit there and think, oh, does anyone really want to hear my story? Yeah. But um, but look, it was fun, right? It's fun to, to sit there and have a chinwag with you, Maddie. It's been it's been a few years, mate. And yeah, nice. uh, I've known you since you, you were a young bloke and I look forward to talking <laughs> a bit about Maddie Michael, the uh, graduate mining Is this engineer. Where the, I've got a question about red flags. They're <laughs> coming up. Is that up? I reckon I might I drew a, I hand drew a picture of you <laughs> next to that question, mate. <laughs> oh, it's, uh, it's, I've just, you would have noticed graduates go on such a, a journey for some of them. But like, have you seen many? It's like because I I look back at myself and I'm I'm ashamed in a way. I was just I was just a, there's so there was so much more behind my you know like snotty nosed attitude in mining. There's a lot of a lot of extra stuff going on behind the scenes with bloody losing friggin' money on the share market and stuff. <laughs> but it's um do, do you notice like you would have seen so many turnarounds like like you would have got some young people like your stereotypical engineers that come in and just say right i'm changing the world i fucking know everything and watching them go through that journey of get to that five-year point like holy shit i don't really know i'm not i'm not that big of a deal that i thought i was and watching the watching the turnaround to actually get a good attitude you've been you've mentored shitloads of engineers well i've i've had that many sort of graduates sort of come through over over the journey um yeah look i've seen all varied types of growth i've seen people that have come in with a chip on their shoulder and been and been knocked down to earth and then mm. uh but because of that become become good professionals yep. you know i've seen people that um you know even because i know a lot of the, a lot of people when they're you know either vac students or, or students um at university because I've, I've done a bit of spent a bit of time at, at unis and stuff I kind of, uh, you know, you get to know who someone is and I think that's something that's pretty important to understand is you're not who you are as a person essentially when you're you're 21 years old, right, and coming out of uni and with no life experience. uh, You normally don't hit your straps till you're you're sort of 25, 30, 35. You know, you you just don't know and and people are are constantly changing. So, mate, I've been surprised on the upside. I've been surprised on the downside before. Uh, and um, you know, I think one of one of the big learnings for me 
And, you know, it sounds like a buzzword in, in, in mining and, and in society, I guess, is that diversity word. Yep. Um, you know, back in the day, you know, I'm sure that I've been um, 100% sure that I've been, uh, you know, unconsciously biased or even consciously biased towards who you want to get in as a, as a graduate mining engineer and who you look for. Whereas now there's such a strength in having, you know, diverse personalities and cultures and, and everything. Like it's not just about having, you know, men and women, yep. but it's about having, you know, different types of people and different ways of act because sometimes the quiet guy, um, you know, sometimes they'll come out of their shell when they're, when they're 25, when they've got a bit more confidence. Uh, and, you know, sometimes the, um, you know, that quiet guy might also be the real good guy that wants to sit behind a computer all day and do your, your life of mind plans and, and just nail that type of stuff. Yep. So, so getting that diversity, you know, not everyone can be that alpha male, you know, um, you know, rooster in the chicken coop coming out. You don't, you don't want a hundred percent of those guys. You actually do want, um, a diverse, uh, blend of characters as, as you come out, I think in, in, in any discipline and it all adds to the, you know, the greater, uh, strength of the group. Yeah. And what, what gave you the initial passion for, I guess, nurturing graduates or really like men- mentoring and being in- involved in speaking at the, at WASM and really driving that next stage of engineers and professionals coming through the industry? Yeah. Good question, Matty. Um, so when I first sort of started with my sort of big meaty, um, you know, graduate role, which was at Lawler's, uh, I didn't come into a, you know, big structured graduate program. I actually got given a job as a production engineer and a, and vent officer. So basically my first day on site, they just said, uh, you're replacing a guy that, um, had five years experience. You're a production engineer and the vent officer. Here's the vent regs and, by the way, in three months' time, the mines department is doing a ventilation <laughs> audit. I'm like, oh, gee, thanks. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Uh, um, so I really did, you know, got thrown in the deep end with that stuff and yep. um, did that for, you know, production vent for, for probably about a year, 18 months or somewhere in that range. And I was having to like beg and plead to go underground and ended up having a, a pretty stern conversation with the underground manager at the time saying, mate, you're not looking after me. You've got to put yep. me down the hole. Um, and I've seen like other friends and, and other people I know that have gone through similar things where you might get brought in and say, hey, you're in this structured program, but then you just, just get given yeah, to site yeah, and all, you end it's up It's all in, a front page sort of thing, yeah, isn't it? Yep. It is, right? And, um, you know, what that, what that sort of did was um, it made me want to put something in place where – you know, you can be structured without being structured. So, um, you know, I also, I think I said it in the last podcast, but I'm a, I'm a huge believer in, in developing people, you know, that, that whole concept of, you know, you can't, you can't get progression in your career. You can't get progression in your life unless you have someone else to fill the role behind you and then the role behind that and then the role behind that. Um, and the best way to do it is by starting at that, at that bottom level, Right. And it's, it's almost, um, you know, even on a mining crew, for, for all the, the mining crew that, that listen, you know, if a, a bit of turnover is, is healthy sometimes, yep. but if someone who's on a bogger leaves, you can get another bogger operator in from elsewhere and, and do it. But what's, what's healthier and better for the crew is 
if you progress the charge up guy up yeah. and then you put the service crew guy on charge up and then you get one of the you know the nippers onto service yeah. crew or the trucky onto service crew which what everyone wants all the time but you don't see that organic development do you it's, you don't yeah. and, and then you fill at the bottom right and then you fill yeah. that that bottom spot up and then what that helps is that you don't come come in and have someone who's been singing off a different hymn sheet for his whole career or doesn't operate like you do on that crew. You've got someone who's culturally aligned to how you operate and you know they're a, they're a good person and a good bloke and they fit in. Yep. Um, they can be the person that then gets the progression and then you develop from the bottom to be able to allow the next bloke to do the same thing and, and it becomes a cycle. So uh, I think that across everything that, that I do, not just with graduates, but it's about it's about you know backing in you know people like allowing people to progress Stem, then, stemming from your own at the bottom stemming from your own progression I assume you're like well this is yeah. people have given me a crack and I'm gonna and it's worked for me so well this is obviously a bit of a proven formula you would say look 100 percent right yeah. and um you know and we've got now I mean within within our system in Northern Star like there's people that I've hired as graduates that are in you know, very senior roles now mm. in, in Northern Star and are, and are kicking massive goals, yeah. you know, and I'm, I'm happy to talk a, a bit about them lest they get approached and poached by other companies, <laughs> mate. But, uh, but look, we've got some, some awesome grads through the years. You know, we, we've yeah. committed to hiring, like Northern Star as a company has committed to developing people. So we, we've been hiring grads through upturns, downturns, everything year in, year out. And... Um, and that's what's really pleasing for me. Like one of the, the most pleasing things is remembering, you know, giving someone an interview yeah. and then seeing them in a, you know, a significant role for us now and adding a lot of value. It actually, mm. you know, it, it makes me feel good. Yeah. And oh, look, we've got pieces of paper here for every, um, every person that gets mentioned here as a two-year obligatory um, tenure with Northern Star after this. Like uh, just due to, due, to the, due to the poaching, I've witnessed them with my own eyes. Name some of the some of the some of those success stories that you've just alluded to. Some of those personnel that have you've interviewed and you've seen go through to senior roles today. Yeah, absolutely. So um, there's uh, a bloke who's out in Alaska for us at the moment. There's there's a couple of uh, grads out there, but uh, you know one that pops to mind is a guy called Zach McClay. Um, Zach is a is an absolute jet who. Um, you know, hired him as a grad out of uni SA. Um, so he's not, um, he's not a, a wasm guy, yep. um, but that's okay. We let them in the, Hasn't in got the fold the belt too, buckle. Yep. Uh, but he's, you know, he started as a grad up at Jundee, you know, did his underground time a few years uh, there. He's rolled through NSMS in Kalgoorlie, back to Jundee, um, sort of was at a senior role there. And, uh, and with Pogo coming on, he's, he's gone over to Pogo and is, has been filling a role there as a you know an NSMS alternate project manager, uh, and then um, coming back over to to the client side yep. uh, within Northern Star there now, and is is kicking a lot of goals, uh, young Zach, uh, and then another one who's who's at Jundee right now, um, guy called Audi, uh, and Audi is um, yeah you know he's progressed in sort of his three to four years of experience in mining and he's now holding a, a senior role and um, you know he's the if you see the Northern Star presentations I, I give him shit all the time because he's the cover boy in the Northern Star yeah, presentations right. <laughs> uh, the young Audi was a was a good grad that I that I, I hired um, 
back in the day and then you know across Kalgoorlie um you know a good young bloke called uh Jake Rover Jake is um you know another one that that came in and and had some quick progression through the system just cuz he gets it he works hard yeah um he gets along with people and um and yeah look just good good wasn't boy and uh managed to keep him in Kalgoorlie he's got a, a lovely fiance now that's moved out to Kalgoorlie and yeah and also works for us now um and they really love the you know the Kalgoorlie community and 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 um, you know, those people that have stayed on after Wasm and still have a bit of involvement in in the town there and mm. stuff is, uh, you know, it's it's a different way to that to that FIFO lifestyle. And some yeah. people some people much prefer it. Yeah, so. the pe- the people I, I did a bit of work out of that where at a mine in Kalgoorlie where a lot of people were residential. I was FIFO, but you just you do talk to them and they're just like the families. They're like so much to do for the kids, like so much shitloads of sport heaps to do for the kids they were just um massive advocates for it and yeah kalgoorlie's become like a, a family town from the yeah. single man's town that it was back in the you know in the late 90s when i went to the school yeah. school of mines out there you know there's bikies all around town mm. there's you know 20 pubs open up the main strip and and some sporting clubs and that was cal now it's a really family oriented place it's where you want to go uh, and work if you want to be home to see your kids every night. Yeah, you know? yeah, and they loved it. Yeah, I reckon there's shitloads to do. And that, as you said, Northern Stars and multiple mining companies are big on, I guess, rejuvenating Kalgoorlie, like and trying to attract people to those residential yeah. roles. Well, we've got a thousand employees in Kalgoorlie at the moment, yeah. right? So that's a that's a significant, you know, contributor to the town, and um, you know, we the led by our GM out there, Jimmy Coxon. Um, has a lot of, uh, you know, his wife's on the on the council <laughs> in Kalgoorlie. Yep. Uh, leads a lot of you know community sort of things. He's been the chairman of the St Barbara's Day Parade for the past few years. Yep. You know, we're the major sponsor of the Goldfields Giants basketball team. Yep. Uh, and um, which is like a unifying team across the gold the Goldfields, and um, they made finals this year, which was first yep. time in a while. So it was good to see the Giants get up. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and look, it's just a it's just a really really good community. And I think amongst our graduates as well, uh, because we don't just hire people out of uh, out of the the school of mines in Kalgoorlie. Mm. Like we hire from all around Australia. We even bring people in from you know the Campbell and School of Mines in um, in England. We, yep. we get a few out of there. These guys all go to Kalgoorlie, and uh, just within Northern Star, we'll hire maybe twenty grads to go out to Kalgoorlie. Um, per year and then our graduate program is essentially two years so amongst that two-year group you've got 40 people that suddenly become their own community and you know i was talking yeah. about the you know the school of mines sort of culture where you go out and you know, you become mates uh with the other guys that are out there in the same situation as you well what's really pleasing to me is to see that sort of same culture come amongst our graduates is that they have you know social events and they you know, they go out and hang out outside of work. They play golf together. You know, there's an awesome golf course out there. Yep. Uh, and, you know, you've got this great little community just because you're a graduate within Northern Star and then, you know, all the other companies, your Goldfields, your Evolutions, your KCGMs, they're all hiring grads too. And there's yep. there's actually a really good group of young people out there now, which, um, you know, it's, it's a good place to go. Yeah. And have you seen an uplift in people choosing – residential in Kalgoorlie like from I guess the extra publicity around trying to get people to start living in the town um there's it's probably double-edged I mean um over the past 
couple of years, what I've seen is is actually a tendency for the people that grew up in Perth. Yep. Who people that grow up in Perth and know about mining, uh, they know about FIFO and they want to do FIFO. Whereas anyone from anywhere else, like you know, maybe the country guys that that end up in Kalgoorlie because a lot of country guys get into mining. Um, people from the East Coast universities, they all expect that you know if they go and work at you know if, if you're from Adelaide, you might go work at OD and live in Roxby Downs, or mm. if you're on the East Coast, you go out to the coal mines. So you expect to you know move out to to mining towns. Yep. They're a lot more open to coming over and and plunking themselves in Kalgoorlie for a couple of years. Yep. Um, and then, um, but yeah, the Perth guys seem to be the ones that are more attracted to the the FIFO lifestyle and I think yeah. that's just being around it a lot more yeah because um, it is big in Perth yeah and your graduate involvement is it mining engineering specifically or you geology everything you cover, cover all disciplines the mining the graduates you look after so look technically I'm the head of the graduate program at Northern Star so mm-hmm. you know we hire 30 per year across mining engineering geology processing uh, geotech survey yep and um, but that's kind of you know I sort of look in the over like the I guess the architecture of the program and how it all works and that type of thing but you know I'm not a geologist, so I'm not going to be able to teach a geo about, uh, you know, a young geo out of uni how to be a good professional. So what we've sort of done is have um, heads of disciplines. So between me and our head of tech services, Jeff Brown, we look after the mining engineers. Um, Our head geotech, Simon Thomas, looks after the geotechs. Our GM of uh, exploration, Jamie Rogers, looks after the geos. Uh, And then, you know, the, the senior geos on the sites are the ones that have the input into the survey program. Um, so that you know it stays relevant like we and and these are guys that you will that you'll know the whole way through like we know all the graduates names we know you know their backgrounds and, and what they yep. do and, and it's our job to go out and and it's not just about holding their hands and saying everything you do is great it's also about going to site and challenging them about yep. do you know why you're doing this task do you know what you're doing like you know um, there's there's a lot of involvement in, in making sure that 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 people are actually picking up the knowledge along the way so that when they, they come out of a, of a program that it's, uh, you know, that they're actually good professionals, right, yep. rather than just being thrown to the wolves and saying, hey, you're a graduate. I mean, this is the, the, uh, the age-old question, right, is when is a graduate mining engineer? When you were a graduate mining engineer, when, were you, when did you become a mining engineer? Mm. It's uh, well, you you think it's just a, a purely a, a time, a time, not a time base, and it, it's you think it's purely event based. When I finish my underground time, I'm now a mining engineer. That that's what you think. That's what you think, and, yeah. and it's funny but to, it's not to like see that. what the perception of around there. So what mm. what we've kind of created, and I think is is a good thing, is um, we sort of have a, a self driven program. So it's it's. Uh, nominally, it's a two-year program. So for, for engineers, that includes finishing your underground time, which sort of takes that 12 to 18 months of it. But then it's getting exposure to all the different types of things. So, you know, we want our engineers to even get exposure to geos and METs and, yep. and see where they fit into the into the whole mining piece, but then get exposure yep. to, you know, projects, ventilation, drill and blast, yep. um, you know, even even long-term planning and all that. But just to get that exposure... Uh, and that understanding of it, and only once you finish that 
sort of book, which is all self-driven, yep. um, then you're then when you hand that paperwork in, you uh, you get to come off your graduate program and you get a pay rise with it, right? So we yep. we have a pay rise halfway through the program, then one at the end, yep. and that hopefully motivates people to uh, mm. keep their paperwork up up to up to scratch. But yep. what that takes out of it, I think, is when you're in a big organization and you know you've got lots of graduates you can get a few that get lost in the system mm-hmm. and you know there was a f- few years ago i was i remember going to one of our mines and and seeing a uh, a young bloke who was driving a truck and i said oh you know hey mate how's the truck driving going and he's like oh yeah you know i've been here a while and i said how long have you been on the truck for he goes oh four months and i'm like mate you're doing your underground time have you gone and spoken to him oh no i haven't spoken to him yet and so, by putting bringing some structure into it and some some you know some feedback, all that all that type of thing, that's allowed us to to make sure that you're not getting those guys that are lost in the system. They keep mm. moving through. They keep getting the exposure to what they need to. Because you know, by him being on an, on a truck for four months when he's got you know twelve months to to or twelve to eighteen months to learn everything that he needs to know. Yep, it's not doing us any favors either because mm. we want him to be a good mining engineer at the end of it. So you've got to keep these processes in thing and these things moving through to make sure you uh, you don't lose these guys in the system. Mm. But and on but on the other end of that as well, it's trying to promote that because uh, uh, as you know, it's easy to drop your lip on the truck as well when you're going oh, yeah. to do the underground time. We we all did it. A lot of us did it. But it's uh, the ones the people I've seen that went through the truck really quickly were the ones that just had the real good attitude on the truck, keen as getting out like any opportunity going to throw bolts any truck truck downtime and it's it's promoting that attitude to really have a go while you're on it and because it's 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 um very noticeable when you drop the lip yeah yeah in your underground time and they're, they're the ones that usually get stuck on the truck and and speaking of dropping the lip or just characteristics you want you're looking for what yeah sure looking at what characteristics you look for in in grads because because you're trying to predict the future you're you're looking at a resume and getting a gauge of someone's personality to see how they're going to go in the as a a mining graduate and you're putting your you're putting your cock on the block in some sense as well what what's and you you would have learned so much as you said you've probably been let down a few times over the years as well What, what characteristics initial characteristics you're looking for in a grad well, I think like fundamentally mining is is different to a lot of, uh, you know, particularly mining engineering, right? It's different to a lot of um, graduate jobs because you have the underground component that you have to do. Yep. Uh, and really what what I think is key is having the communication piece and being able to, to have someone that goes, you know, if I bring you to site and I throw you to the underground crew, are you going to sink or swim, right? That, that's yep. a... That's a really interesting trait, and I actually think that that that, that goes across um, across different um, different sort of disciplines as well. Because if you have that ability to talk, you know, to all levels uh, within an organisation, like if you can go and talk to the truck driver, then go talk to the engineer, then talk to the underground manager, then talk to the GM, and then and then be able to have conversations with everyone, mm-hmm. that is what. You know, modern day professionals are, are moving more towards, um, you know, seeing that as a as a really good trait to have. Yeah. So if you have that communication piece from a from an early age, then then that sort of sets you sets you apart. Yeah. Um. You know, there are ways to get that for people that that don't have it. You know, like um, 
a lot of the the young guys now are getting into these like Toastmasters clubs and stuff like that, and that takes them out of their comfort zone and gets them into into communicating better. Um, you know, joining joining clubs and doing stuff. I mean, one thing that I like to say when I go to unis is that you know if I have two two CVs in front of me for a grad job and I've got to choose between one of them, and there's one where a guy's got a you know eighty five percent average. And has just done nothing but study his whole uh, his whole uni degree, or and there's another guy next to it who's got a 65 average, but you know he was involved in the you know the mining club and was you know president of the or not, maybe not even president, but if they were a, you know a member of the Oz IMM and and Playing they played sport. basketball yeah. for for this, then that that's actually a more attractive CV to me because I know that you know this is someone that is going to be able to perform in a team and. Uh, and be able to interact with other people. And that's such a big part of, of mining is not just being individually brilliant. It's about being able to, to practically apply the theory that you learn when you're at, um, when you're at uni. So, yep. so having that mix of uh, being a team member and, and having some uh, you know, extracurricular activities, I think is just as important as, as having, you know, super good grades. Yeah. What about the other end of the spectrum, the red flags, the things that you, uh, <laughs> that you look at, you're like, yeah, nah, no good. No good. Yeah. yeah. So what you're looking for there are blokes out of university in New South Wales, <laughs> a little bit unshaven, uh, talk with a bit of a country drawl, um, go for manly seagulls, um, uh, I can't so think the, of anyone the, that I'm talking the, about. Has the Northern Star um, graduate program do's and don'ts been like strongly? <laughs> I've, I've developed a significant portion of that based on. No, no, your- no. You, you, <laughs> I do, I do jest a little bit, Maddie. You, 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 it, it was all good. Um, now, look, the red flags are just people that come in thinking they know everything, right? They think yeah. that they they've got a chip on their shoulder to to not want to learn and just be. Oh, you know, I think that I should be a manager. I just want to be a manager. I think that's mm. where my spot in life is, not having the humility to say, oh, you know, I've got a shitload to learn and who knows yeah. where I'm going to be in, in five years. And, you know, understanding that there's so many different pathways within the industry that you could end up in that um, that you've got to keep an open mind. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've had a few that have come in real, real really cocky and, and really, you know, thinking oh this guy's definitely gonna offer me a job because i'm you know i'm awesome i've done this and mm. and i've offered it to another guy who just has come in and and been like look i just want to give it a crack and i just i know i don't know anything and i but i just you know i just want to learn and i just want to be part of a, a mining crew and, and all that type of thing having that yep. having that because i mean you get someone to come in who's who's cocky and thinks they know everything and you throw them to a mining crew i mean what's gonna what's gonna happen to them mate yeah yeah. We all we all know that story. Uh, um, I got told who it was that that did it one day, but um, as a mining engineer, fax student, I think this was back in the nineties, um, was in a mine in the gold fields and, and was walking around going, "Guys, don't fuck with me. I'll be your boss one day." <laughs> really? And they went um, to the, this air leg miner. They said, "Oh, mate, can you? Uh, this is what so and so has been saying. Can you take him for a ride up to the surface for for crib?" He's like, oh, yeah, no problem. And as he's gone up to the surface, he's gone, I just said, mate, I've just got to get a valve turned off on the backs up there. Can you just jump in the bogger bucket for me? Because you could, you know, get up to things off the, off the bogger bucket at the time. Yeah. 
So he's jumped in. Uh, he's gone, oh, yeah, okay, I guess so. So he's put him up and said, yeah, just see that valve there? Yeah, just turn that, no problem. And he's just gone up and he just put the bucket on the backs and said, see you after crib, mate. <laughs> jumped in the car and driven up to the surface and left him uh, up in the bucket, pressed against the backs. <laughs> I said, well, listen here, mate. You fucking go around telling people that you'll be their boss one day. Then shit like this is going yeah, to happen to you. You're going to be up there a bit more often. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think there's a there's I my opinion there's two types of people that come in gun ho. There's uh I'm I'm refl- I often reflect on myself back in the day. <laughs> there's the people that come in that are just so keen and passionate, and they come across like they know everything but they're just they're just they're just too intense sometimes and it but and it comes across so but then there is the exact ones that you said that they don't want to learn and they they literally think that they're going to just be a boss but there's yeah i i I know i was personally very overzealous but i I, there was there you can come across like you know everything but you're just so keen you just you're just so obsessed with it and you come across as an arrogant dickhead yeah but look i mean i do give you a bit of shit about this stuff maddie but i think um i do recall one time when you first started underground so we're going back uh back a few years now but you were on a truck and we're at the Paulsons uh, in that little area outside the muster room there, having a chat. And uh, I think Moose was there, the foreman, Moose. Yeah. And you went up to him and said, Moose, um, I want to be a good truck driver. What are the things that I can do on a day-by-day basis that make you go, make you say, hey, that's a good truck driver? What are the actions Shit, that I, I don't can remember do? that. There well, you go. I, I like remember that. it because I, I sat there <laughs> and I'm like, Mate, that's a fucking good question, you yeah. know? And if you take that attitude into into anything that, that you do, like, okay, I've got this new job and I'm a nipper. And they're like, mate, your job's to set up headings and throw bolts. And you say, mate, look, you've had good nippers, you've had bad nippers. Mm. What's the difference? And, and you know, how can I be – what are the extra little things that I can do to to make you think I'm a good nipper? Yeah. That's a, that's an awesome question to ask, right? Mm. And, and it's – Trying to apply yourself to every single role that you're given because you're going to be given so many different roles, whether you bloody like them or not. But it's uh, and you're going to be out of your depth at so many points, and and it's exactly what you say. I think it's 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 getting in there. It's like right, I've got to learn everything about this role while I'm in it because it's a very short opportunity to be involved in it as a graduate. I think absolutely, and like understanding what your where you fit in the in the food chain as well. And sorry. Not just in the food chain, but how you fit into, you know, the operation and how you make the operation better is key. Like something I always say to people is, you know, what is your job as a nipper? So, Matt, if I ask you, what is your job as a nipper when you go to work? Yeah. So, my job as a nipper is to feed the jumbo up the arse, essentially, and that that's the that is a very good answer because yeah. some people might go oh you know i got to set up headings where the shift boss says and then mm. when the jumbo's bolting I, I go and throw bolts for him the answer is in my mind the answer is my job is so that at the end to do whatever it takes so that at the end of the swing the jumbo operator goes to the shift boss and says mm. fuck me he's a good nipper he made yeah. my life easier yeah and you can take that through to any role that you're doing. Like, mm. you know, let's say mining engineer example, you're a, 
you're a drill and blast engineer. Your job is to do everything under your power that you can do so that your senior production engineer goes, oh, geez, I like that bloke. He has a crack and, yeah. he, made, and he makes my life easier. The senior production engineer should be doing that for the underground manager. The underground manager should be doing that for the GM. Like all through life, your job is to understand where you sit in the chain and add value yeah. above you and they're the people that are going to get opportunities and get promotions mm. and, and do stuff. And if you think the world that way rather than just, ah, oh, fuck, everyone's out to get me and, and all well, that. And it's, it's funny you say that everyone's out to get me thing because the you got to understand a lot of the people. The, one of your first roles is usually going to be nipper of some sort and you're going to be throwing bolts for the jumbo and um, your best advertisement you can get is when the jumbo op goes to the is exactly how you said the jumbo op goes to the shift boss or the form and say oh this this guy's wasted on the truck i need him nipper now because he go he or she goes hard like and that's yeah. um and it's because as soon as you drop your lip in one position you're going to stay there because they're not the the next yeah and, just- and ted said it perfectly he says mate if you don't impress me you're not going anywhere like that's yeah. and that's what because he had an engineer that was just talking about managing minds and everything and he just said like well if you're not gonna you do no good for me you won't be going anywhere because they're your biggest your biggest advertisement yeah that's yeah. right and, and you know the the industry is a small place i mean i yeah. said it last time but when i did my underground time my my bogger up and the guy who i was throwing bolts for on the jumbo now works you know within the same sphere as me is the mine foreman at, at jundee so yeah. If I was an arrogant fuckwit to him, then mm. by all means, it, everyone at Jundee would know that when I was a young bloke, I was an arrogant fuckwit. Yeah. So, um, I'm, you know, I still have a good relationship with young Jimmy, so yeah. uh, <laughs> hopefully he doesn't think that. Yeah. And look, some of the stuff I want to talk about, I mean, as I said, I use, my, I use my own downfalls as a bit of a, a way to help, help the future generation coming through. I'll look at... Um, Big ones about the pay, like you know, when you people, my my, this is what I did. I'll go, I'll go full disclosure. What I did, I did my underground. I think I did six months in the office. I did my underground time, and then hopped over to another company for an extra bloody ten or fifteen grand. And like, I look at the out, like you got to look at why you're doing these things. What what's going on in your head as a as a graduate? for why you need to do that. And you, you're thinking it's money, but I look back on it now. The reason I was doing that is of problems with addiction outside, so we're like gambling, share market, drugs, cigarettes. So I'm doing that, burning bridges and damaging relationships for what I perceive as a move to get more money, but I'm dumping twice that on things outside of work. And and it's and it's yeah, but I, yeah, I could yeah. have gone on a great journey with northern star if i had a better like uh oh, mate i mean you could have got some shares back in the day I could, yeah, that's it i did get it. shares and i and i spanked them because i bloody did it as a cfd so <laughs> <laughs> and like look at that if i'd i'd be a millionaire by now if i did the right thing so it's um and i guess that's the stuff like that i'm i'm keen to help people with is like i guess you nurture them for those social behaviors that are i guess that can really impact you career at work because like for hell's just like a train wreck i guess till i till i got to my 30s and i guess that's like in line with having that good attitude at work the message i want to put out in line with it as well as having a good attitude outside of work because that can just impact the so many decisions you make at work career decisions just for as i said just for just for asking yourself that question why why you're hopping for another 10 grand a year and like damaging the relationship they've given you 12 mm. months underground where they've 
you know, you've been out of the office trying to develop you, then you just go hop out. And, and it's got, I reckon it's going to be pretty prevalent now in the with that much work going on at the moment. I think there is a lot of hopping around. Yeah. Uh, have, you, have you noticed that much, a lot more turnover, probably whether it was in Northern Star or just hearing what other companies are dealing with at the moment as well? Look, th- there is. Um, look, uh, there's always a, a few different types of turnover as well because sometimes yeah. turnover is healthy, right? If someone's yeah. not happy... Um, then having them there and you know poisoning the well is is not the right thing mm. for the media. And look, so. and I look back, and I was a I look back at my personal thing. It's like it's better I go because you get you get people that just don't want to be there. Get rid of them if they got that sort of sort oh, well, of attitude. Like know, there's redemption stories around the yeah. around the world as well, right? Like yeah. so, it is a. And I think that that's where what's important is um, having you know good mentors and having those sort mm. of. And I'm not just talking about formal mentoring relationships, but even informal, you know, mm. people that you can talk to and people that you can, um, that you respect and will actually listen to. Because yeah. that's, I've had a couple of people over the journey, actually, another young engineer um, that I had many years ago did a similar thing, like went to another site for an extra 10 grand, no no site visit even, yeah. and turned up and it was an absolute shit show. Yeah. And it's like, mate, if you just asked someone what that site was like, mm. um, we could have told you that you wouldn't go there for a fucking hundred grand. Yeah. You know, but sometimes you just don't know. So even, you know, you might not be comfortable having that conversation with someone within your own organization. So maybe find someone outside that or your organization, mm. someone who's like, I'm a big advocate of having that mentoring relationship with someone who's sort of one step or two steps above you in the, um, in career progression so that yeah. they're, they're not that far away from you that they don't that they, they, they haven't lost touch with the level you're at. The level yeah. you're at, yeah. So if you can if you can get you know one or two good mentors that are that sort of level or two above you and mm. and be able to leverage off them for you know career advice and life advice and mm. and everything advice, then then I think that is the thing that that can stop you making some of these mistakes sometimes and really yeah. give you perspective on. Um, you know, is the situation you're in right now really that bad? Is it really mm. worth making that jump for an extra ten grand? Or, and what's or the real and, reason you're making that? Jump? And when you're so young in your career, yeah. you, you haven't had time to build those networks and and do that type of stuff either. Mm. Um, and this is why, you know, in this day and age, you know, with things like you know LinkedIn and Facebook and and, and all that, um, where you can keep in touch with people and you can reach out and say, hey mate, can we grab? I'm in town. Can we grab a coffee? I just want to run a few things by you. Yep. Um, what you generally find is people are really happy to do it. You know, people are happy to carve half an hour away to just catch up and have a coffee and yep. and um, impart some advice and um, and it, it it just helps, right? It can't hurt talking about things, nah. right? And that's mm. when you internalize it and don't don't go out and have those conversations. I mean, that's when that's when bad shit happens. Yeah, right? exactly. Um, now that let's let's go on to like after that sort of underground time when you go into the office. Yep. graduates that are now the usual thing is you get frustrated that you're not you don't know everything you, you, it feels like you just you like there's so much there's just this underground mining or mining in general the whole there is just so much to learn how the hell am i going to progress in this and you, you start you feel that you get stressed a lot by what you don't know and yeah. then it's how what would you recommend in like i guess uh sort of 
containing those stresses and even contain containing being overzealous trying to think you know on the other end knowing everything and then understanding that you will get to that five-year point and realize that there's a whole lot you don't even know and yeah, it yeah, just exactly. and it just yeah. keeps going and going and going in your whole career and look i think that that there's no shortcuts in life, right? You can't just wake up one day and be good at something. You can't just wake up one day and have a knowledge base that you haven't, haven't, um, that you didn't have before. Like everything is built incrementally, everything. Yep. So you can get over, I think getting overwhelmed, getting disappointed sometimes if you don't know something or your plan gets sent back by the senior engineer or the underground manager because something's not right on it. You know, these are, these are learning opportunities. The, the mm. fact that you go, oh, fuck, I really wanted that to be right and I don't yeah. want to do I really it. I thought it was right. I really <laughs> thought it was. That's actually not a that's not necessarily a bad trait to have because you want to to do well. You want to to do things the right way. It's the people that are like, ah, oh, I don't give a fuck. Near enough's good enough, right? Yeah. Don't worry about it. That's that's what you don't want. Um, what my advice would be would be to to move in, you know, one step at a time. So, so let's say you've just come out from your underground time, you get put in the engineering department and they say, oh, you know, you're in the drill and blast team. In here we do, you know, drill and blast plans and stoke reconciliations and, um, you know, a bit of short-term planning and a bit of scheduling and all that. You go, right, oh, let's take it one step at a time, get really good at, at something, right? Don't try and be good at everything all at once because it's just not going to work. Yep. So pick the one, two or three things that, that you can really focus on and, and learn well and, and start to nail and get that right. Once you've got that right, then you put a bit more on the plate and then you learn something else and then yep. you learn how to nail that and you do that and you and then when you pick up the next thing and that's how you you just don't need to know everything all at once. Yeah. Um, and also, look, people think that, you know, because you've got a degree, you're supposed to know everything. Mm. You're actually not. Like, I still learn stuff now about about mining, about about life, about, about everything. Mining like, you, about mining engineering. <laughs> that was your initial right? try. Like, it's, it's, <laughs> it, like, learning's a lifelong thing. And um, as a as a person who's in a new role, or particularly as a graduate, like, you've got this awesome excuse to say, hey, mate, look, I, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'd really like to understand the reasons behind it. So I know you've told me that I do step A and step B, but can you tell me why? Like, why am I yeah. doing it that way or why is that happening? And that's when you start to understand um, and then be able to be a bit more self-sufficient if you can understand the why behind everything. Yeah. And learning more about, I guess, the the straight-up task that you're doing and, and, um, and then getting better at it because you understand the why and then and then leveraging that into knowledge of a different area or a different something and and that's really how you progress in everything right mm. like you got to be good at the basics first yep. and then nail the basics and then start to pile the extra stuff onto it after that and you got to don't be like reflect on each swing you have at work because like as you said like you feel like you're getting nowhere but if you reflect on what the new things that you picked up each swing you look back after a year like holy shit i've learned a lot i think look back to where you were like a year ago and you it, it feels so slow when you're doing it but by the end of that year you're like holy shit I've, like, I've gone from not being able to do the ring ring design now i can release a level plan like as a planning engineer like it's amazing yeah. how much you achieve in such a short period but your best 
when you're talking about the just it's an emotional roller coaster, especially when you're a drill and blast engineer and you as you said you're yeah. getting plans thrown back at you and you gotta you gotta understand your audience as well because like Darren Stralo, the underground manager on crew, I will like something a bit different to the alternative manager that's signing it off on on crew B. And you might like you've you've nearly got to learn to do plans the way the look look yeah. so many different ways to skin a cat and but it's once you start getting emotionally tattered by the fact that all these plans are coming back to you and you that's that's when you really start falling apart i think it's yeah, um yeah. you got to have a bit of resilience about you when you're going through that early stage because you're the shit kicker in, in a way you're the nipper the the you're underground nipper, manager's the jumbo up and he's uh as i yeah. said you've got a great excuse to not know everything though so yeah. so use it like ask questions like there's no dumb questions when you're you're coming up and yeah um you know, and that's something that we try to fundamentally drive into our grades now is, you know, you ask them questions. Why are you doing that? Yeah. Yeah, you're doing it, but why? Oh, yeah. because of, of – and they should know the answer because you're not there because you're a, you're a robot. Like, it's not trained monkey work, right? Yeah. You could train anybody to, to do something. It's about the understanding why and then how that fits in the in the whole value chain of mining is is why you pay people – top dollar to, to do these jobs yep and look you just gotta have a fucking go that's the best like if you if you just because you're in the in the office doesn't mean you can't run like yeah the best ones are the ones running from the photo they're just printing everything they're like, hey, you need this sign this is what i've done like just that um that keenness is infectious amongst and the and once the manager sees that they nearly start trusting what you're putting in those plans because well, they know you're listening. Exactly. And, and look, the best way to get progression and the best way to, to, um, to get, you know, ahead in your career and get promotions and do that, right, is, you know, you've got your set job of what you have to do. What you do is you nail that job, you go and see your supervisor and you say, hey, I've finished my tasks. What else have you got for me? What are yeah. you doing? Can I sit and buy and watch you yeah. do that? Can yeah. I have a go at it? Can I do this? And and then nail that too. As annoying as you'll and be. Then, as annoying like, as you'll yeah. be, you're like, you're like, oh. And if they say, oh, you know, there's there's only two level plans that I have to do and that's going to, you know, I've got enough capacity to do it. You say, okay, well, can you just give me the, the data that you've got to do those level plans yeah. and I just want to do some for myself and then you can tell me what's right or wrong at the end of the day. Yeah. And just look for those extra tasks and look for what that is. And I mean, early in my career, the bloke that helped me, like Jonesy, was my sort of senior engineer when I was a when I was an engineer. Yep. And I used to go and you know hassle him to to learn how to be a planning engineering and do plans and yep. and all that. And he was great with giving stuff. And and where he was really good was he'd give me work to do. Then when I went back to him with uh, you know the completed product. If anything was wrong on it, he wouldn't say, oh, near enough's good enough. He'd mm. go, no, change it. Yep. And as frustrating because you'd be like, look, when they actually go to do that, it's not going to materially change anything. It's it's nearly – and he's like, yeah, but nearly is not good enough. You need mm. to nail it the first time. And that that just creates this sort of quality in, in what you're doing too. So, so doing extra and then doing it to the required quality the first time and then suddenly – you know, when a when a spot opens up, oh, you already know how to do it. You're moving in there. Yeah, yeah. And there's, I think there's there's a bloke that works at Jundee for you. Actually, I had him last year at um at another site, and he was he was the same. He's keen as anything. He, he bloody just wanted. He's like, I need you to show me how to do a level. Like, just hassle me. Just like bloody annoyed the living shit out of me. But then like he just and when he did, I just 
he's, he had a go, he'd fuck it up. But it's just like, nah, do it again. This is how you do it. But he's yeah. like, his progression, he turned out to be like, and he'd be still progressing. And it was just because he was just keen as anything. And he just, oh, he loved getting abused. <laughs> it's just some people, <laughs> some people respond to it a lot more positive. So, look, how are you going to get more people in the, in the mine and in, in all across, I suppose, your WA focus, but you're bringing them over here. What's your, what's your plan? Because there's, I don't think there's going to be – there's not enough bums on seats at the moment. No, there's not. And, I mean, last year in particular, there was a bit of a, a warning shot fight across the industry, right? So we had, um, I think, eight mining engineering first years at, you know, enrolling at Wasm last year. Really? Um, so only eight. There was only 40 uh, Australia-wide mm. that were signing up in first year to be mining engineers. And that was that last year? Last year, 2018. That, but that had, it had, already, had it already kicked off a bit, the, the recycle? It had already kicked off. Yeah. They were getting, there was 100% employment coming out of your mining engineering degrees. But, yeah. um, you know, they, they did a bit of a, of a survey, I think, through um, one of the organisations. I don't want to say which one because I'm going to get it wrong. But... Um, they went around and they went to high schools and they said to people, you know, tell me about the mining industry. Like, how much do you know about it, all that? And, and what we were surprised to see was that a lot of people just didn't know about mining. So yeah. you have all these people that were, you know, they might have been good at, you know, at the STEM subjects, you know, um, but, you know, science, technology, engineering, maths. But they, they just weren't aware of the diversity of roles within the industry about, about, you know what the opportunities were um you know mining to them was just the the iron ore mines up in the pilbara yeah, that they yeah, the ones they read the about and yeah. you know the only time that mining's on the front page of the newspaper is if there's a downturn and people are are, are leaving and, and stuff or there's and, a fatality or a fatality so yeah. we don't do do any favors and in fact one of the big universities in perth um as a common first year uh engineering um, so it's all the engineers now do first year together and then they branch out and specialize from years two through four. Uh, one of the engineer, one of the, the universities here in Perth, their first year prac subject that everyone had to do was about cleaning up a spill from a, resu- from a resources project. Oh, right. Yeah. So negative on resources yeah, again. Yeah. And this is Western Australia. Yeah. Um, so there's been this big sort of perception of, you know, downturns and safety and um, – and everything across it. And that's really hurt us. Mm. And I think as an industry, we haven't done enough on the other side to promote what the opportunities are and and what we can do and what what, what a mine's like and what underground mining's like and yep. um, and the people that, that are in it. And I think that's the piece that that I think we've improved on over the past twelve months, but there's a lot of there's a lot of ways to go there. And um, you know, one of the big, really successful initiatives last year particularly focused at this first year um, um, deficit of engineering, mining engineering students was uh, we did a first year, well, we, so Northern Star was involved. Um, BHP funded it, so that, that was yeah. awesome by them. Saracen was involved. Uh, there was an alumni was there, CME. So, like, industry really came together and collaborated on it. And they... Um, took a couple of busloads uh, of kids of first years out to Kalgoorlie. Yep. Took them for a tour of an open pit mine, you know, the nickel smelter, um, an underground trip to one of our sites. And we converted people. So, you know, second year mining engineering has gone from eight up to over 30 this this year now. Yep. 
because we converted people through these camps and these camps are, are continuing now and um, you know we're sponsoring them Saracen um, is sponsoring them to, to start exposing people it's going to drop down to high school ages as well so there's this uh, there's a lot of mining camps um, that a lot of people that are in the industry now have done throughout the 80s and 90s um, we can leverage off that model to, to expose more high school students to, to mining and, and opportunities yep. in you know engineering and geology and operations and, and all that type of thing um, and then that'll create you know put some people in the pipeline for for future um, future you know mining careers because yeah. is there anything wouldn't it be a good idea to get something actually like curriculum based whether there's like a, a electives at school in WA where you can do like a mining subject where like like you can do computers for an elective in year 12 like actually having available like a an elective where you can teach people about mining and there that's your that's your gateway to get people straight from school and like like you only got to get someone like (laughs) me and yourself walk in and say you can earn a hundred grand first (laughs) year out of school and you get a week off every three weeks and like that'd be what a what a draw card but it's it but even you've just, got to start grassroots up. You, you've got to start somewhere, yeah. right? And so getting out to schools and, and doing it. One thing that um, has impressed me about Alaska, right? So we've got a mine in Alaska. Um, there, are, there is a real understanding across society and across the culture in Alaska about the importance of the resources industry, so mining yeah. and oil and gas, to the Alaskan economy. And, you know, it is a very sort of arid landscape over there. You know, you only get tourism for the summer months and then um, it drops off a bit you know their economy is very reliant on mining but I'd argue that the WA economy in particular and the Australian economy is also very reliant on mining but what they do is from a young age they get out into schools and they have like storybooks for preschool kids positive mining stories they have rock collections for um, you know primary school kids so they can teach about rocks and minerals and mining and and they have that start at a young age and go all the way through school so people are you know aware of the industry and don't just think it's bad um all the way through your schooling so when you turn up there people are really oh great you know we're so happy to have you know pogo mine supporting the fairbanks community because we've got we know people that have jobs there and um we know you sponsor our local ice hockey team and and all this other other good stuff um, that's something that I'd love to see done over here a bit more is to, you know, mm. get into to all levels of schooling and start to talk about some of the real positives that, yeah. that come out of um, out of the mining industry, the opportunities that that come out of it. Um, I mean it served it served us pretty well. Mm. And um and that's why like professionals taking the time to, you know, go and talk to their old schools or to um know go to universities and 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 do things just get out there a bit more is um is really really valuable because who knows um you know who knows some random kid in the in the room might be the next bill beeman right Mm, yeah exactly and i think it is underway you see it on linkedin like your northern star you see um a lot of other companies and consultants like you see bj and amps and that they're getting out there talking to schools like it's it's underway it's great and it's good i think it's it's 
they're not doing it for business. They're doing it because, like, the industry literally needs it. Oh, man, and we uh, needed a kick in the ass, and it happened yeah. last year. And I think um, the way that the industry has rallied together collaboratively to do it has been has been awesome. Yeah. But you can't just sit back now and say, hey, that's all solved because um, it'll just happen again. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's just – there's so much diversity in careers in, in what you can do in mining and – you know, opportunities to, you know, travel and work internationally and, mm. you know, be leaders in business and, and, and um, you know, be podcasters, you know, world yeah, famous yeah, podcasters. Yeah, this coming. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's just a good, it's, it's a great industry to be in and we yep. should promote ourselves that way. Yep. Nah, awesome. That's a good, uh, awesome overview, I reckon, Strala. And look, anyone out there, if you're in bloody year eight, year 12, you're in uni and you've got a query, uh, flick it through to me. I'll be happy to assist. And I'll, if you've got any for Stralo, I'll filter them through to him as well. Uh, I won't give you his personal number. But um, look, happy to happy to help anyone with queries. A lot of people do send in messages and it's good. They're the, they're the ones that are keen. Um, nice. So, yeah, awesome. Thanks for sharing your wisdom once again, Stralo. I think we've both got to get home now. Yep. And uh, it's been a very enjoyable day. Thanks, mate. Ah, good to catch up again, Maddie. Thank Cheers. you very much. Cheers, mate. Right, there's enough fame and fortune for Darren Stralo to last him a lifetime. Awesome, awesome couple of chats with him. Really appreciate Northern Star having me in the office once again. And as I said, any any queries from any graduates out there, flick them on to me. Happy to help. Stralo's happy to help as well. There's plenty of people in the industry that are happy to help. You'd be, you'd be hard to find people that, look, won't give you a bit of a hand if you show that you're keen and interested. So, look... I hope everyone enjoyed it. Same again. Give us a like on iTunes. Spread the word about the podcast. And uh, I appreciate everyone that's doing that already. So until then, stay safe out there and have a bloody go. Cheers. Cheers.